Welcome to the Simply Celeste podcast. I'm Selena, and every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I'll be coming on with a new episode. The show is all about lifestyle, mindset, and business, giving you the tools you need to live your best life. I believe that everyone deserves to live their best life, so go ahead and share, subscribe, and take notes because the show is going to be absolutely amazing. As always, you can find me on all my social media platforms under Selena Celeste. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into the show. everybody. Now, today's guest is best known for being a bilingual singer, songwriter, actor, and dancer. He dedicated 14 years of his life to the music industry as an independent artist. During his time as a performer, he traveled nationally and internationally and got involved with quite a few charities such as the Relay for Life, Bully Awareness Protocol, and the Make-A-Wish Foundation through Tunes for Tots. Being able to give back to the community and charities has been a priority for him, not just as an artist, but as a person. But now, with an entrepreneurial mindset, our guest has a few new goals set and is currently dedicating his time to helping families understand the importance of securing their financial future for themselves and their families. They discuss strategies that are custom to each family and each family's needs vary. So today's guest is doing amazing things, and it's my pleasure to introduce Mr. Manny Blue. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome. And man, thank you so much for being on the show and taking the time to do this with us. No, thank you for having me. I do appreciate that. So I really want to get into your past a little bit. You, you, were, you were in the music industry for 14 years, and now it, it seems like you've done like a polar opposite. Now you're in the finance world. How did that happen exactly? Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason. Sometimes, you know, when life happens to us, we, we, we see the negative aspect of it. We don't, we don't see what can come out of that. But uh, going back to, to when I started in the music industry, um, I, was, I was very shy growing up. Um, I always loved music. I loved acting. But I was always afraid of being a, doing things in front of people. But um, around 14, I said, you know what? This is, this is something I, I want to do. So I started, you know, kind of putting routines together in, in my bedroom, in, you know, in my room. And then... Um, got my cousin involved and we used to sing our audience consisted of uh, stuffed animals and, and our younger siblings. Oh, <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> so, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and, and I started envisioning, you know, real people in, 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 in traveling. 
So at 16, there was a shift in my mind. I, I don't know what happened, to be honest with you, but I, I kind of like, I said, screw this, I'm going to do it. And I started putting together a boy band. Uh, we started performing locally. Uh, it wasn't a great start because I, I lived in a rough neighborhood um, in Brooklyn at the time. And uh, most of the people in the neighborhood would listen to, you know, hip hop, gangster rap. We were the only uh, Latino boy band. <laughs> so we got a lot of crap for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at that, at, that, at that point in time, I just didn't care. I just, I knew this is what I wanted to do. And um, I went for it. So three years later, I, I landed my first record deal with, the, with another group. Uh, we were out, sent out to Europe, recorded the record. So we were back, back and forth between the U.S. and Europe, um, traveling and trying to do some promo. So I was getting paid to do what I love, but something I've learned later in, uh, later in life is that, um, you know, we assume money is always going to be coming in. But mm -hmm. one thing I learned is that when your dreams are in the hands of other people, uh, you have no control. They're your dreams, but you have no control. So when the group broke up and, you know, things started falling apart technically, um, I just knew I had it, you know, do things my way. So I went in into a solo career and I actually did better um, as a solo artist that I did, that I did with the group. Um, and even so, cause I wasn't born with the gift of singing, to be honest with you. I, I <laughs> worked, yeah, I, I worked hard and uh, develop a little bit of the voice that I, that I have, but I've heard a lot of things. Oh, you're not going to go anywhere. You can sing, you suck, but I didn't care. I, I knew that that's what I wanted to do and I was going to do whatever it, it takes to make it yeah. happen. You didn't care about what other people were saying. You're like, nah, I'm just going to make my own path. Right. Right. And uh, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. I went with my gut. I went with my heart. And, um, I get, as I said, I was able to travel internationally as well. Uh, music actually featured on major radio stations, uh, you know, independent magazines as well, independent radio as well. Uh, but I had, I had a good, a good, uh, a good run pursuing that, that dream. Uh, of course, I didn't turn out to be the next pop star, but a lot of the stuff that I envisioned in my bedroom as a 14-year-old kid, uh, I actually made it happen. You know, again, there are some things in life that we can, can we can't control, but there are things you can. So everything I was able to control, I made sure that I did my part to make it happen. That's awesome, and it sounds like you had a really strong intuition from the very start. You know, you were able to feel in your gut, like, hey. I, I want to do something else with my life and, you know, I'm, I'm ready to turn the page and start the next chapter. Uh, but I want to ask, like, besides that strong intuition feeling, what was the huge mindset shift that you had from going into, from the music industry into the financial industry? Well, something I, something I used to always hear is, uh, oh, you should save money and you should invest um, but no one ever took the time to sit down with me to teach me how to properly save and invest. Now, growing up in, in, a, in a, you know, middle class, lower class, you know, family, uh, from a single family home, um, a single parent home, uh, I, the neighborhood that I lived in, like I said, was not in the best shape. <laughs> and I mm -hmm. knew that's not where I, I saw myself living the rest of my life. A lot of people that I grew up with, um, either, like I said, are in prison, are dead or uh, still living the same life they were living back, you know, 14 years ago. Oh, wow. I, you know, I wanted more out of life. I wanted more 
for myself and, um, and for my future. So, you know, I, again, one thing led to another, as I got older, uh, what shift my mind into, uh, to, to do what I do right now is because again, I, I, we grew up with bad habits, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, unfortunately, uh, something, this is how I see it. If you come from a family of money, you are going to learn, uh, the ways of, continue to make your money grow, continue to keep that wealth in your family and how these wealthy people transfer their wealth to the next generation. Uh, Mm -hmm. As middle-class families, they don't teach that stuff in school. They don't teach that to us either in our, in our generations. If you notice, um, we are told to go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a good job with a pension and then retire and you'll be okay. But we know that's not how life is anymore. In fact, a lot of jobs are, have uh, taken away the pension plans. They have plans like 401ks, 403bs, but these plans mm-hmm. are not guaranteed because they are invested in the market. And as you know, the market has been very, very volatile the past couple of months. It hasn't been great. So people yeah. actually lose their money. But um, in 2016, uh, I'm going to go fast forward a little bit. In 2016, uh, I, I, hit a, I hit a brick wall. It was a year where everything was going down for me I, I from not getting into the law enforcement job that I wanted to that I worked so hard went to school for um to it was it was a big it was a big mess for me um I hit a level of depression where I even contemplated suicide because I felt stuck oh wow it was, it was, it was a real real dark year for me but as I was getting as I was coming out of that depression in in that situation my mother got very ill and almost died. So seeing her in the hospital bed on life support, it was a, a slap in the face. Life slapped me in the face, literally. <laughs> and it made me realize um, if she had died, I didn't have the money to bury her. She had no retirement or anything in place that we can use to bury her either. So I put myself in that predicament. I asked myself, what if that's me in the hospital bed and I die? How is my wife going to be able to raise the three kids? I didn't want to leave them behind with dead and the big mess. Mm-hmm. So that, that opened my mind to shift my mind as a father, as a son, as a, as a brother, as a husband, to, to take charge of my finances, to figure out what it is that people are doing the wealthy people are doing that I'm not doing. Yeah. So I started researching and reading, reading, reading books and stuff like that. Uh, but I started re- reading on, on to people that started with nothing because I'm like, I have nothing. I don't, I mean, I, I, you know, one thing that people, you always hear is, oh, you need money to make money. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm like, these people started with nothing. So I want to know what it is that they're doing or at least get some sort of idea so that I can figure out a way that I probably implement some of that stuff and, and help myself out. So I came yeah. across this company. I reached out to them. I told them, Hey, I need help with my finances. Um, so, you know, this, like I said, everything happens for a reason. This happened uh, yeah. later in 2016, uh, a mutual friend posted something online that triggered my mind about something about a company I read months and months before. So we sat down, she helped me out with, she helped me out with my finances. And I'm like, how can, how can I do what you guys are doing? Because there are so many families out there right now that are in my predicament or even worse. And I want to be able to help. And, and I have not looked back since. Wow. 
And that's so crazy that once something happens to you personally, you, and life literally slaps you in the face, like what you were talking about, that's when you wake up and that's when you're like looking at your own situation and you're a little disturbed. You're like, oh, wow, like I, if this happens to me, like I, my family and myself could lose everything. And right. I, I feel like that's a huge part of a lot of people and a lot of families situation because, you know, like you were saying before, we weren't taught anything about how to manage our finances in school. They don't tell us about 401ks and uh, all the other uh, retirement plans. It seems like, you know, they just have an option that says, okay, this is a retirement plan. Like at your employer, this is a retirement plan. Choose which one you want and boom, you're signed up for it. But no one actually like reads that giant packet that comes with it. You know what I'm talking about? No one really knows like, where's my money going? And you know, what, what's happening to it. And like you said, if the market crashes, you could lose everything. And the education about money in general is just so scarce. I like, even me, like I'm only 23 and I read think and grow rich. And I, I read, um, uh, what was another book? Uh, rich dad, poor dad. And oh my gosh, I was like, why, why didn't they, teach us this in school and it, it right. really opens your eyes you know because a, a lot of people don't know the basics of money no not, not at all uh, again it it's it sad that um, the school system does not apply that like i said this, there are about five states in the country that actually teaches financial literacy and, it, and they're trying to eliminate that as well you would think they want to be implementing that to every single school but they're not they're not yeah. And they, I feel like it's kind of, you know, they kind of want to keep us like out of the loop with money because if you're not really seeking out how to, you know, correct your finances or how to get rich or how, how to learn the things that successful people are doing to become successful, you know, you're never going to find it out in the open. You know, you have to actually look for it and they're not going to give it to you. So it's kind of like you got to seek it out. Uh, but I really want to ask you, uh, what is the number one thing, since you've been in this industry, what is the number one thing you see, like, as, as far as, like, m- the mistakes that people are making with their money? People are trusting people with no experience or no clue on how to manage their money. Mo- mm-hmm. Most people uh, seek, seek advice from a, a relative, an uncle, or somebody that's probably in a worse situation financially than they are. And they are taking advice from these individuals. Um, again, there's a lot of people that are skeptical. I, I was super skeptical. I, when it comes to money, people are super skeptical. But the thing is, most people, when they don't understand something, they run from it. They, they are afraid they run from it rather than taking a chance into uh, learning a little more. But the biggest mistake is they take advice from people with no knowledge or who, whom are far worse financially than they are and I see that happen all the time that that actually makes sense because if you're taking your advice from broke Joe you're gonna be broke Joe number two pretty much exactly. if, if he's telling you how to manage your money and he he doesn't have his finances straight well right it's only a natural consequence that you're gonna be put in the same situation as him and I also feel like people just 
it money is something of a touchy subject like they, they kind of like deal with it as much as they have to <clears throat> but they don't spend any extra time like with it because it's just so it, like it could become really stressful it can you know cause anxiety people are just like uh yeah i'm just gonna pay my bills and sign up for this retirement plan whatever i don't want to do it you know right, right. i don't want to touch it Right. Majority of the people, because I was one of those people that uh, signed up for my retirement plan. At one point, I had a 401k. And um, they were like, here's the you know the 800 number. If you have any questions, give them a call. But again, uh, I just signed up. Hey, sounds good. Sure. I'm putting away this amount of money every, every, every paycheck. Mm-hmm. I should have uh, you know a decent amount of money when I retire. But I went in um, during one summer, I decided to take some money out just to, to be able to enjoy the summer and, and, you know, go out and do other things. But I received a letter. I, so I got taxed. I got taxed and I got penalized for touching my money prior retirement age. Now, again, no one sat down with me and told me that. So mm-hmm. during right before taxes of 2015, I received another letter stating that I had to pay taxes. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's gotta be a mistake because when I, when I withdrew my money, I was told that, I was being, I was paying, I was paying taxes and the penalty. They would, they already had applied that to the account. Mm-hmm. But they're telling me now that um, now that the, the money that I received, it was considered as income, so I had to pay taxes on that on that money again. Oh my god! I'm like, I'm like what, what are you talking about? You, what are you, is it? What are you talking about? Like, I was so pissed off. But again, oh my gosh. I, I was double taxed and I was penalized and uh, I was not explained or or taught the right way of doing things. And I was really pissed off. So I just canceled the account. I withdrew the rest of the money and I was like, screw this. This is, these people are ripping people off and people are not even aware. And I, the problem is a lot of times people find out when it's too late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I'm glad I found this out now. Not when I have a couple of thousand, not when I had hundreds of thousands in that account. Cause yeah. it's, it's, it's sad. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so crazy. And like, it's always it's it's always seems like there's one piece of the puzzle missing and then you know you do something and they're like oh yeah by the way just kind of like what happened to you by the way you know there's more money you owe or there's something else you need to do and i honestly i wish they would just have like some sort of class or some sort of um program maybe when kids are in high school to talk to them about 401ks and talk to them about retirement plans because it's not what it seems. And the majority of people, and I can say this because I know, don't know a lot about saving for retirement. You know, like, does anyone actually know how much you're going to need to retire comfortably by the time you hit 65 in like 20, 2072? Or I don't know. I just made up a random year, but you know, we don't know what taxes are going to be like then. We don't know what the cost of living is going to be then. So I I feel like, you know, even like thinking ahead to the future is just no, no one ever fathoms that. Like, right. What is it going to be like when I'm actually 65? That is correct. I mean, historically right now we are one of the lowest, we are at the lowest tax bracket in, in a long time. And when I speak to a lot of younger people, uh, they're like, oh, like I, you know, have you thought about retirement? Oh, I'm, I'm too young to be thinking about retirement. And I'm like, retirement is not about an age. Retirement is about an amount of money you want to have when you retire. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. I'm like, no, the problem is most people wait to the, in the 
till they're like in their 30s and 40s to start saving for retirement. No, the younger you start, the better it is for you. The more you're going to accumulate. And if, and if you put your money in, in an account that's providing you compound interest, then you are going to be well off when the time, you know, when your time comes for retirement. I mean, you can mm-hmm. be 30 years old and, and have an accident and you're going to have to retire. You won't be able to work. Now you're going to be disabled and still have to pay your bills. Yeah, you, you never know what life is going to throw at you. And I want to ask you, for those people who are listening and they're like, um, like I want to start saving and I want to start learning about money, what tips do you have for them for an absolute beginner who has no idea what to do? What can you tell them to help put them on the path to start saving money, not only for let's say their retirement, but maybe as an emergency fund, or maybe they want to buy a car or a house in the future. Right. So the first thing, me personally, this is what I do with everybody uh, that I sit with. The first thing we do is a financial needs analysis. That's going to see how much money you have coming in, how much money is going out, and what you have left over. Um, so there are six steps that, I, that we go through. Again, we do this free of charge. So they can reach out to me. We can do it virtually. We can do it, you know, FaceTime, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, we go through debt management, uh, how to build an emergency fund, cash flow, uh, proper protection, building your wealth, uh, and also state preservation, preservation um, which is six components that are very, very important. But um, again, the first thing you would start with is a financial needs analysis. That's when you know we'll see wh- where you want to be. And technically what we're going to do is, is build a GPS to get from where you are to where you want to be. And, you know, of course they have to stick to that plan in order to get, to get there. But every, every year we always revise the plan because again, you know, families expand. Uh, Sometimes, unfortunately they are divorced that's involved, you know, and things change. Uh, But uh, the first thing would be a financial needs analysis. That's definitely the biggest thing. Okay what I call the financial checkup, you know, we, every year we go to the doctor, you know, for, for health wise. Um, and people don't, don't see it that way, but you need an annually uh, financial checkup. But again, this is something they don't implement in school. So a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just swiping my credit card. What are you talking right, about? <laughs> right. But it's, it's very important to get your annual checkup every year. Oh, that, that makes so much sense. And like, even people who are kind of like, you know, like trying to pay off debt or they're in a lot of debt, you know, setting up a plan to actually like really efficiently pay off that debt, I feel like is a really good plan. So you're not wasting your time, you know, putting your money towards something else when you can be debt free sooner. Right. And right. It I, takes I, time. I, it, it does. It does. And in the beginning, it's going to be, it could be a little bit tough because you're not used to it. Uh, but once you start doing something, it becomes a habit and then it becomes natural. And mm-hmm. that's something that was hard for me in the beginning because I used to be a toy collector. So every week I would be at a Toys R Us or Target and looking for collectible items. And mm-hmm. when uh, I actually started taking care of my finances, it was really hard to walk into a Toys R Us and not buy anything. <laughs> oh, wow. But, yeah, it was really, it was, a, it was really, really hard. But um, yeah. I started asking myself, is this something I need? 
or is this something I want? If it's something I want and I don't really need it, then I don't, I don't need to buy it. Yeah. So that's something I had to put in my mind. And it took me, it took me a while to be able to finally master that. And again, it, but I'm glad I was able to do it. <laughs> that's good. That's good. It's literally like rewiring your brain to be able to think through your purchases and be like, all right, like, let's think about this before we buy it. Do we absolutely need this? Or is this like a necessity? Or is it like instant gratification? And I want to kind of bridge into a question, a series of questions that I just wanted to ask you, but also mainly for our listeners, what are the biggest do's and don'ts that you have for people who want to be good with money who want to save like the biggest do's for saving and um, acquiring money and the biggest don'ts for it uh, let's see that's all right so when it comes to to savings you you want to i mean obviously unfortunately it depends what kind of savings you're doing the way mm-hmm. i like to structure with uh the clients that i sit down with if you're saving for long term i don't i I don't suggest saving your money in the bank. You're cheating yourself by doing so due to inflation and taxes, leaving your money sitting in a bank. That's one of the biggest mistakes. I would suggest finding an an account or an account that is actually paying you good interest on your money. And I suggest if if you find an account with a company that's paying you company interest, that'll be the best way to go. And And if they have a floor, even better. What I mean by that is like if the market crashes, your, your money is not affected by the crash, which is what happened in, two, in 2008 when uh, the market crashed. A lot of people with 401ks, I mean, the, four, the, the market crashed by 40% and still have not recuperated 100% yet, and people lost their retirement. Wow. So that's something, again, you can provide them with the website. They can reach out to me, and I, I can definitely get them more detailed. But um, I don't want to sit here and take the entire hour talking about <laughs> which account yeah. <laughs> so there's, different, there's different options. Um, if you're serving for, if you're saving for a short term, you know, maybe a vacation, a car. Yeah, sure. You know, put it in the bank, but banks are banks again for long-term wise. I don't suggest it because you're not going to earn much, not even with a CD. They're not even paying, not even 1% or oh, they pay about 1%, 2% tops. Wow. Um, as far as credit cards, um, as far as debt goes, credit card goes always, always, send more than the minimum payment required. So let's say if your minimum payment is $25, you know, send an extra 10 bucks, extra 15 bucks. That way you're, you're cutting your time on paying off that debt, but you're also minimizing the interest you're paying. I oh, sit down with clients. Sense. Yeah. I sit down with clients that purchased a, a TV two Black Fridays ago and they're still paying for it because they're, they're making the minimum payment towards it. They are overpaying for the TV. You're technically paying for the TV two, two times, three times, what the TV's worth mm-hmm. and, and they don't realize that. Uh, again, uh, one thing I love to talk about is the rule of 72. Um, it, it can work for you. It can work against you. Um, but um, that's pretty much what I like to, to advise people when it comes to savings or credit card debt. Okay. That's really good. Cause like paying more than your minimum payment I, I feel like, like you were saying, like when I actually really thought about that, I was like, wow, yeah, because like the interest builds up over time. And then, yes. you know, you might have paid like $2,000 for the TV, but at the end, 
if you were just making minimum payments, you end up paying for like 4,000 or maybe even more just because all the interest that's been taxed on and like added on and everything. Uh, right. What are the biggest uh, don'ts that you have? Like what not to do? No more than two credit cards. I know credit card is a, is a big thing nowadays. Everybody loves credit cards and use them for everything. Don't, don't, don't take more than two, two credit cards to credit cards. Um, for the simple fact that it's also the more credit cards you have is also going to affect your credit score. As you know, credit score nowadays is, so, is also a big factor in, in a lot of things that we do from, you know, buying a home, car, car insurance, uh, even your job. If you have bad credit, some jobs won't, won't even take you. Um, yeah. You know, it, it would suck to get calls for the job that you always, you know, wanted. And then due to your bad credit score, you can't get it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. It happens. It happens. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah. Uh, try to minimize your, your credit card um, accounts by two. Maybe if you really have to, then three. <laughs> but always uh -huh. um, try not to – don't go past 20% of your, your uh, loan amount. Okay. Try to keep between 20, 20, 25. Most people just want to max it out. Mm -hmm. if, you have a, if you have a credit card and if you pay it off, and don't use it, don't do that either. Always have a revolving balance. Not using your credit card also uh, would put a negative impact on your credit score. A lot of people don't, don't, don't know that. Um, really? Yes. I so if you pay off your way. credit card and you're like, I'm not going to use this anymore, they're like, nope, you got to use it or else it's not going to be good. You got to like buy a Snickers bar or something. Right. You <laughs> know, pay it you off. Know, buy, you know, purchase gas or your cup of coffee and then, you know, before before the before the uh, the statement kicks in, pay it off. That way, you don't have to pay any interest on it. That's really smart. I actually I did that when I was trying to establish my credit. Uh, I, I found it hard as a young person because I had no credit history whatsoever. So I got one of those credit building credit cards, and yeah. my limit was two hundred dollars. And I would buy groceries with it and max it out to the full two hundred, and then I would pay it off. And then I would max it out and then I would pay it off and then I would max it out and then I would pay it off. And then like slowly <laughs> but surely my credit started to build and uh, it was a really good strategy for me to build my credit. But uh, yeah, I, I was like, yeah, I'm not, I was actually really scared to get a credit card just yeah. not like for my sake, but I was just, I was always like, in my household growing up, uh, my family didn't have the best financial history, so I was a little bit worried about my, like, in my future, like, if I were to get a credit card, but then I realized it's all about the mindset you have when right. you have that credit card and, like, what you're actually going to use it and, like, what kind of plan you have for it. If you don't have a plan for your credit card and you're just, like, swiping away, like I know some of my friends do, <laughs> it's it's not really uh, good. But I, I actually, like, made sure I had a plan. Like, I'm going to use this to build my credit, but I'm going to pay it off every single month. So right. that really helped me out. Right. If, if the, way I, the way I like – I mean, it depends on who, you, who, you're, who you're speaking with. But if the person has more more – it's more savvy with their, with their debt, with their ma managing their money, then, you know, they know that, you know, they'll have more control of their stuff. But what I sat down with a client with 14 credit cards and they were all maxed out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my goodness. They went happy. Go wow. lucky. Had, had about $40,000 uh, in credit card debt. Oh my um, gosh. Right. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, 
the problem, his wife did not know he had that much debt in credit cards. Oh so when God. we sit down, I was like, dude, I didn't mean to get you in trouble. I, I do apologize. <laughs> you should have you warned me. <laughs> <laughs> he got exposed. Oh, my God. I would be pissed if that was my husband. And, like, I sat down with a financial planner, and they were like, yeah, like, you know, your 14 credit cards have to go. And I would be like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, that, I, I can tell people, if you know you're not going to be able to pay it off by the end of the month, don't max it out. Or at least, yeah. again, at least pay half of it off. But again, it, it depends on, on the credit balance you have. Some people, again, maybe 200, 500. But some people have a big, uh, a big line of credit. Yeah. They see, they see this $10,000 line of credit and they start swiping, swiping, swiping. Next thing you know, they, they max it out. I'm like, no. Yeah. And make sure you tell your wife, too. <laughs> Keep your <laughs> wife updated. <laughs> so yes. you don't get in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like... They they see the credit limit and they're like, oh, I have this much money to spend. No, you have that much money to pay back plus interest. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like I said, credit cards are, are a great tool, but they could also be a nightmare if you don't know what you're doing, if you know how to properly use them. Oh, right. It's all about the mindset you have. Right. On the credit card. Any other don'ts for uh, financial uh, strategies and you know being smart with your money well there's there's so many so many different <laughs> so many different things um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and stick to the credit part okay. one thing I always tell people do not put your name on somebody else's loan for anything I don't care if they're related or not maybe maybe if it's your mom or your dad maybe someone you know you trusted but do not put your name on a loan for anybody else. I've seen people whose, whose lives has gone to, to, to help because they trusted someone with their name, was a co-signer for a loan. That person screwed up the loan and the co-signer paid the same consequences. Um, so that's something I would tell people, you know, credit, when it comes to credit, uh, you shouldn't put your name on anything that's not yours. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And make sure that person knows the consequences if you were, if they were somehow like, you know, like don't make the payment, like, Hey, I'm going to be directly affected by your actions. So. Right. Right. That's something that, again, I, I, I've learned the hard way. Like I said, everything I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about, I've, I have experience with majority of the stuff that I, that I talk about. <laughs> oh man. So, well, I'm glad you're in a better place now. <laughs> So uh, you, know, you learn from your mistakes, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, with money and when you, like, hit that, like, that loan payment or you kind of get burned with, like, some sort of credit card or money situation, you know, you got to, like, pick yourself back up and be like, I got to fix this. Because I find, like, a lot of people, they're just like, oh, and they, like, let the bills pile up and they don't respond to, like, the calls and you know they kind of avoid it and they have like that mindset like I just don't want to deal with it I just don't want to deal with it like you just got to right. deal with it you just got to right. fix it and if, if you got burned or something or if you owe money to somebody fix it as fast as you can so you can enjoy your future in peace <laughs> correct 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 and you're not you're not paying stuff back you're not owing people money because I feel like that's the most stressful thing is when you Oh, a lot of money to a lot of places and you know, you get your paycheck and it's gone, you know, and yeah. that, that's just, 
not the way you want to live life. No, and, not at uh, all. I, I really, I'm really happy that, you know, you've come on the show because I have a lot of younger audience members because I'm only 23 and like I have a lot of people in my audience that are in my age bracket and I feel like this topic is very very important because you know this is kind of the age where everyone's kind of you know uh, building up their lives and uh, I, I feel like a lot of big purchases are made like during this age bracket and I've and I'm really happy that you've come on the show to talk about finances because I, I find it very valuable not only for that particular audience but for people who are just curious because they don't want to get burned, you know, they want to know what not to do before they're put in that situation. And right. I, it's preventative, I feel like. Like, I, yeah. I know what to do, so I don't I, make a mistake. Right, I agreed. I mean, what, something, something that I've learned, and I, I always encourage the younger generation, is to take matters into their own hands when it comes to their future, their retirement, because unfortunately, you know, social security may not be around. And even if, and even if, it, if, even if it's around, social security was never meant to be a retirement plan. That's just a supplement for retirement. But a lot of people assume it's a retirement plan, but it's not. Wow. So people, yeah. I, I, I assumed it was a retirement plan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I thought that was no. something you got as retirement. No, it's, it was. If if you read the, if you read the statement of on your social security statement, it clearly specified in the print it is not a retirement plan. It's a supplemental uh, income. Um, and as of, the thing is, is what is scary is that as of, as of 2016, social security has been overpaying, uh, not overpaying, but having paying out more than what they are collecting in social social security. I do apologize. Um, oh. So. I'm kind of, I kind of have so much information I want to put out that I, I get tongue twisted. <laughs> oh, no, you're okay. But, um, and it states, and it states on the, on the financial statement that if it continues to go that way, uh, it's going to be depleted by 2037. Oh, wow. Right. So that's not too far out from life. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll 2037. So yeah, I, I won't even be retired by then. That's not fair. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, you know, I always encourage the younger generation to do the due diligence and, and, you know, take a course or learn. I mean, again, our company always provide free seminars. Um, we are all over this, all over the U.S. right now. Um, and they can always, again, learn little concepts. It's all about learning the financial basic concepts. Once you know the basic concept of money, then you'll be able to take matters into your own hand. It all starts with the basic concept. And that goes with, with anything. You know, if you yeah. learn how to bake a cake. Once you learn the basic, you'll be able to eventually build gradually your, your baking skills as you, you know, continue to bake. And that same thing applies to money. Everything, everything has a formula, mm -hmm. including, including money. Money has a formula. Mm, and you, you can't be scared of it. You no. gotta, you gotta okay. have that mentality. Like I'm only as wealthy as I allow myself to be kind of correct I, I tell myself that a lot like my my wealth is is based on what I allow myself to like my my potential to make money like what I cap off for myself and what I allow myself to like grow and you know educate myself with books like it's all up to me on how wealthy I become because putting your life and your finances and your money into your own hands you know you create that in, right. in, in and of yourself so 
you are ultimately in control of everything, including right. like, how much right. money you make. Correct. And like I tell people, you know, I know you want to live a good life now, but you, I'm sure you also want to live a good life later in life. You don't want to work to the day you die. No. And it's, and it's sad to see, you know, older people working not by choice because they have to. You know, they have to work because yeah. obviously they, didn't, they either didn't plan properly. Maybe they lost their, their, their money during the crash. So if you plan accordingly, then, uh, uh, you know, you, you'll be better off. And something else that I like to also tell people is do not put all your eggs in one basket. So if you're saving for, let's say, let's say you have a 401k, let's say your company provides you with a 401k. Don't put all your retirement money into that one account. There are so many other different vehicles that you can actually divide that money and put a separate account because, again, 401ks are invested in the market. If it crashes or you lose money, you're going to lose whatever you have in there, whether it's a portion, whether it's everything, doesn't matter. But there are accounts that have a floor, which means that, if, again, as I mentioned earlier, if the market goes down, your, your capital does not, get, does not get affected by the loss of the market. It locks in. Okay. Therefore, you, you don't earn any interest, but it locks in. Your, your capital locks in. Therefore, you don't lose any money. And that's something, again, that we, I focus on educating people about because there are so many different options. It's just about what the person is looking for. You got people that like a lot of risk. You got people that like moderate risk. And you got, you got people that don't like any risk at all. Yeah. So it all depends on what direction they want to go in. But most people only know one thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to make it clear that there are so many different options out there. It's all about researching. And, and again, you know, reach out to someone that's in the field, someone that knows about it. Again, they can reach out to me. I'm more than glad to provide information. I don't charge anybody to have a conversation with me or, or provide them any information like that. So they can always, you know, message me on Instagram, Facebook, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. He's the expert, guys. And Manny, we are nearing the end of our show, and I really just want to thank you again for coming on and talking about this very, very important subject matter because it needs to be talked about, and it needs to be a little bit, it needs to be pushed a little bit more into our society about what we're doing with our money, how we're spending it, and how we plan on retiring because it's inevitable. Like Everyone's going to end up at that age where they can't work anymore and whether or not you have money in the bank or you have money to live off of, you know, no one's going to be there to hold your hand. That That's all going to be all up to you. So I, I just want to thank you so much for talking about this and thank you for what you do in educating people about money and how to better their lives. I, I, that's so important. And uh, just giving them the education and the knowledge and the tools to uh, make themselves a plan for their finances. Well, thank you. I, I thank you for, for having me and bringing me on board as well. And guys, if you want to reach out to Manny and ask him questions, ask him about your finances, get to know him better, I'm going to leave all the links to all of his business pages and social media so you can message him attached to this podcast and also in the comment section below. So make sure to check that out if you want to get in touch with him further. Uh, but again, Guys, you got to save, you got to have the mindset of the future and make sure you're doing the right things with your money so it doesn't burn you in the future later. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Well, Manny, thank you so much for being on the show.
you just finished listening to a brand new episode of the Simply Celeste podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, you can find me on social media at Selena Celeste or Simply Celeste podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. And as always, I'll see you guys later for another episode.